0: It's me, Dr. Z with JB. Today, we discuss the topic of toxic relationships. Specifically, why we may keep picking the same type of partner over and over. Where do these patterns come from? Why do we have them? And how can we adjust them? JB also congratulates Dr. Z on her ability to get through the session without any technical screw ups.
1: (laughs) I hope uh, everyone had a wonderful Father's Day. Uh, that is, uh, you know, for everyone that's celebrating and for uh, ev- all the fathers that weren't around. Well, how dare you? And where were you? And uh, <laughs> I guess that's why we're here, right? <laughs> welcome, welcome and for, everybody. And
0: for those of you that don't know, John ja just had a baby girl. But now, what, two, three weeks ago, four weeks yeah, ago,
1: we're uh, we're we're past it. where are we at six weeks, I think. Yes. So we're just at the, already. The wow. Six OK, mark here. Uh, she is growing nice. like a titan, and uh, she is amazing. It's great to be a father. I highly recommend it to everyone, every single buddy. Uh, well, I mean, I guess everybody can't be a dad, but uh, even if you can, find a way. It's awesome to be uh, a parent, nonetheless. It's changed my life for the best, and uh, yes, it is, uh, it's, it's great, and I've also... I started a new hobby I just wanted to tell everybody real quick and I hope you don't judge me any any different but this is uh, this is what was actually gifted to me and this is like what uh, dorks do now uh, and I consider myself a dork is uh, we um, there's things I don't know if you remember uh, before there were toilets back in the when the country started there were things called privy pits in Philadelphia and privy pits have been covered up for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years but uh, down if you dig deep enough and you find those old maps you will find cool bottles from the eighteen hundreds, like this one, you know, like that used to used to be like a soda bottle from eighteen sixty three, just buried under like ten feet worth of dirt, and now that's like a thing. That's a thing that I do because I'm turning into an old man, first <laughs> of all, and uh, and I, I get I get I get freaked out by cool stuff like that. Like if the, if there's hundreds of years of history behind a little item, I think that's pretty cool. So. You know, just, just sharing. Just sharing my new father. I, I, I continuously wear flip-flops. I make all the mistakes that the Geico commercial continue or whatever that is that continues to, you know, like all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it. But uh, that's why we have Sunday nights. And uh, I am ready for Dr. Z to make a blooper at any time. Thanks to Kim last time for dumping rice on herself. We always seem to have uh, some form of blooper that happens here. So.
0: I'm connected today, so I can't move.
1: <laughs> well... Let's Yeah, uh, you've 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 done some surprising things in the past. We'll, we'll just see what happens. But more or less today and tonight. And for, thank you again for uh, all the great reviews on the uh, replay on the podcast. Thank you for tuning in live where we are about eight o'clock every every Sunday night. <laughs> give uh, or take 10 minutes. <laughs> give, or, give or take. So <laughs> yes. And we are in the middle of a Sixers game. So that's why I am not connecting all the uh, uh my my end here. I didn't think that would be a good start to us. So let's let's just keep this between us for now. And I I like this uh, this vibe and really appreciate the support, everybody. Um tonight is a uh well, I mean Doctor Z even said this to me, like this could be a twelve part, fifteen, twenty eight, thirty eight part series. We don't know how many, uh, you know, when it comes to relationships, how we seek them out, and uh and then they become toxic and then we have a, a bunch of different questions as of why and we never uh, seem to arrive at any answers so this uh, hopefully will clear some things up and and get us started in the right direction so th- at the at the top of the list usually when it comes to toxic relationships always someone's always asking well is it me or is it the people i'm seeking out or is it and and i and we are not talking about just solely romantic relationships here this could be anything this okay. is friendships this is business relationships these are this could be a thing you know you could have a top to i have a toxic i probably do all of us have toxic relationships with sports good lord like we we put all of our feelings into a lot of really silly things a lot of the time so what is what is it how should we 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 be kind of looking and seeing like oh i might be in a toxic relationship and doing all these things that we're talking about tonight
0: yeah So I think it's it's both. It's us and it's the people that we gravitate towards or that gravitate towards us because um, everybody has kind of this blueprint of how they engage with other people in their world and how they perceive themselves in relation to the world. So everybody has like their roadmap, right? And we talked about this, this kind of relationship roadmap. And for the most part, it's pretty consistent across different relationships. There are a lot of cases where obviously, you know, you're different at work than you are at home or you're different at work than you are with your friends. Um, but it's not so much the, the, the interactions, it's more the, the underlying kind of, um, how do I want to say kind of underlying vulnerabilities that are present and how they fit with the other people. So it's not so much the conversations and the topics of conversations. It's more about how people are fitting with each other and why. So when you, when people say, you know, you know, I'm surrounded by assholes or I'm surrounded (laughs) by people that take advantage of me. I'm surrounded by people that are mean to me all the time. Um, you know, or I keep dating the same type of person over and over and over again. Why do I always get stuck with bosses who take total advantage of me and my work and, you know, things like that. Um, when I have people come in and tell me these toxic relationships they're having, I have them draw it out and I have them draw everybody in circles, you know, kind of around them and they're in the center and draw arrows back and forth to see how everybody connects to everybody. And what a lot of people find is that it's the same pattern across multiple relationships and it's toxic. The reason why sometimes it doesn't seem toxic all the time is because not all patterns of relationships that somebody has are, are bad. There's some situations where it's very good to be a certain way in a particular type of relationship. Um, you know, if you are the CEO of a company, it benefits you to be kind of, you know, not narcissistic personalities, but it benefits you to have kind of that narcissistic drive to you. But if you take that and you apply it to all of your friendships and all of your romantic relationships, you're going to hit a wall every now and then and it's going to cause problems. So it's not about changing the person. It's about identifying the patterns, which patterns work when, which ones need to be slightly adjusted in what situations with what, with what people and which ones need to be completely just- knocked down and
1: built back up yeah and where do we you know I I know that there's like I I, it's there's so many examples it's almost (laughs) it's kind of hard to kind of like pick one out to 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 get started but honestly I'll just go with what I know and what I know is uh like especially with me and going back to if you haven't listened to our people pleaser episode but I highly recommend doing that because I think that ties in a lot of this um, is just I'm noticing now over the last maybe year and a half of just, you know, uh, doing the starting those boundaries, being a little more assertive and then realizing to me, at least like there are sonar, red flags, all that stuff go off when you set those boundaries. And then there are, you know, you you know kind of what relationships i guess you're getting into even before you're getting into them at least like mm-hmm. i i feel like we've been through enough toxic relationships and hopefully we're all getting to the that mm-hmm. end point where you're hearing things you're seeing things you're being more aware of them people
0: and, think they can fix it people yeah. think they can change them fix them yep. make it better and,
1: and and then and instead it's just you we we end up feeling it's i don't know it's almost like it's a confidence thing. It's a, it's a lot of different other things. And, and again, just like any other pain, any other struggle that I think we have in our lives, it's important to know why we're basically terrified of doing that step that is going to take us out of that same awful toxic relationship pattern. So yeah. what, just like that, what are some baby steps that maybe you can go, okay, how do we, how can I eat? Like you said, get out of this, make that decision to where you need to go to that next step.
0: Yeah, so it's, again, it's going to depend on the context because if it's yeah. work and it means leaving your job, there's a lot of variables that are, you know, in play. And, you know, right now coming out of a pandemic and people having difficulty finding jobs and people lost businesses and money. So it's not, you know, realistically, it's not the best time to leave a job. So it it depends. And, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody who you have, four children with, and you don't, you know, and you don't have an income, you haven't worked in 20 years, um, and you need to leave, you know, financially, you know, you're going to feel stuck. So there's a lot of kind of things at play. So when you figure out your patterns and you figure out next steps, it's going to be so unique for everybody. But generally speaking, if I'm making kind of a blanket statement, Mm -hmm. the first thing to do is to even just be aware of the patterns that you do have, the boundaries that you don't set. Because if you don't have that awareness outside of the toxic dynamic, you can't, you, you can't figure it out within the toxic dynamic because yeah. it, it, the toxic do- dynamic doesn't allow for healthy thinking. It just keeps reinforcing over and over and over again. It's like a record, just the same thing over and over and over Um, record old. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) so, um, you know, once you, usually it's somebody comes into my office and they'll say, you know, I'm having a bad relationship with this person, this person, this person, and we'll talk about it. And I'll ask them, you know, well, when person does this, what do you do? and they'll tell me, okay, what's another thing you could do to walk away from that situation feeling confident, feeling at ease, feeling more neutral? And they'll tell me, and they'll realize that a lot of the things that they want to be doing to feel healthier are things that they feel like they can't do because of the toxic dynamics. So that starts to help them gain that awareness that they have choices and options, not easy ones by any means, and not ones that are going to Come overnight, but at least now they know they have options. And people in general, and we talked about this before, we function so much better when we have options. Even if we don't take them, even if we want nothing to do with them, we just mentally feel better when we have choices because we don't feel stuck. Um, and so it, it's once they make that kind of transition between being locked into this dynamic. And then make that transition to understanding that they have other ways to respond, mm-hmm. even if in their mind, they're thinking, there is no effing way I am ever going to be able to do this. Right. But they know that there's an option, which means there's a way out of this. And it doesn't mean you have to get out of the relationship. It could be the type of relationship where, you know, you go to a couples therapy or you set boundaries and things work out in your favor. It's not always, you know, it's done. It's over. Um, I have a, I have a patient who had a very, Difficult relationship with her boss. She was a people pleaser and she would never say no to things at work. So she would be the one that was getting dumped on at five o'clock. Can you finish this by tomorrow at nine o'clock? And so it was really starting to impact her life, this people pleasing role. And it never occurred to her to say no. It never yes. even crossed her mind. Yep. And this is a smart woman. I mean, this isn't someone who's, you know, and she's confident and she's bright and, you know, she's been in this job for a long time. She knows what she's doing. It never occurred to her to say no. And that's what I'm saying when you you, you don't have the awareness when you're in that toxic cycle. Once she realized, like, oh, wait a minute, I could say no. And we figured out appropriate ways to respond with no being kind of the underlying vibe to the message without just saying no. And what ended up happening is she ended up being transferred to a different department that she loves so much more, and it worked out in her favor. Um, So even though it sounds so simplistic, we'll just say no. Sometimes people don't even realize that there is another way to manage a relationship. Um, So that would be the baby step number one, the long answer to your question.
1: That's a great baby step number one. And I would also say, too, just on the other side, sometimes, and this is some of the things that we kind of put in front of us when it comes to like self-worth and all that, like the whole part of maybe it's just the old school of like, oh, I can't go up to my boss and ask for a raise or be in a different department or they'll they'll look at me like I just don't want to work hard or something like, man, bosses want to know what you want because a lot of the time it's just easier. The good ones anyway will place Mm -hmm. you in the correct spot of where you should be because it makes their job one easier probably makes them more money and you too Mm -hmm. you know like that's But here's this
0: here's the thing though if you are raised growing up in an environment where you're taught very early on that your needs don't matter or that you better take care of everybody else around you in this family before you take care of yourself
1: yeah irish families all right calm down Listen, relax. It's okay to have feelings.
0: What do you mean, Jewish families? What? (laughs) Um,
1: Open up your hearts for five seconds. Anyway, (laughs) yes. Stop
0: being so self absorbed. So, so, um, Yeah, no. So so if you're raised that way to think that, you know, your needs don't matter, that, you know, it's selfish and it's tacky and all of these things. Chances are you're not going to even think of explaining to your boss what your needs are, especially a superior, let alone a colleague. So, you know, it's it's not even on their radar.
1: Right. Can I be honest with you right now? More than ever, more than ever. People will literally do anything for you to keep you around because yes. look at the world we're yes. living in. Look yes. at the world we're living in. And second of all, I like if you have trouble being assertive, uh, this is one of the things I highly recommend: is just try to put uh, the the smallest little baby steps of being in complete control of something in a business thing, and, and whether that is like keeping track of something on your own and that's yours or. Starting the tiniest little business on your own to be like, you know what? Hold on, this is mine. This is mine, and and, because a lot of it is just not understanding what the other side is thinking or doing. If you're just, you know, and it's okay. But if you're not a not that like, I want to be my own boss person, that's okay too. You Mm -hmm. can be, but just see the other side, so you Mm -hmm. at least know it's not that scary. Right. all of the things that the, your parents told you, by the way, about all of that stuff is so untrue because it was a completely, that was the 50s and it, 60s and 70s when companies yeah. kind of cared about what you did and now they don't care. So just yeah, and do your thing. We,
0: we're told a narrative growing up, right? Yeah. We're told this narrative about ourselves and we're told a story about who we are. We're told a story growing up when we we're very young about even what we like, what we don't like, what we should like, who we shouldn't like, who we should sometimes even hate. I mean, you know, we are told this narrative growing up and all that is, is a story, right? It's, it's just what you were told. And, and when you think about it, we live our lives growing up based on that narrative we were told. What ends up happening is as you get into adulthood and you have more life experiences outside of your family, you realize that these life experiences don't always mesh with your narrative. And
1: <laughs> like 95% of the time, by the way.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so banana peels still don't cure uh, neck <laughs> aches or headaches. Yeah, by the way. right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, um, as you realize that your narrative is not the same as your surroundings or your relationships, you start to question not things, but you start to question internally kind of this, this well, am I this or am I this? And, and it's the people that don't question it, that just continue that narrative that are usually the ones that end up having these talks more, so, not that the other people don't, but more so because of the lack of objectivity to their narrative, their lack of objectivity to their patterns. Like it, it, it's much healthier when, you know, let's say you're having an argument with your friends and you think, you know, they, they did something and you're angry and you freak out on them, right? <laughs> yeah. And as the words are coming out of your mouth, you're like, oh, God, like, I, you know, I sound like my mother. Or like, I sound like my father. And you're able to have that awareness and say, okay, this isn't, this isn't me. I'm repeating what I know. Let me shift gears, respond how I want to respond, not how my narrative is telling me to respond. Yes. When you don't have that awareness, that's when you get into this repetitive toxic cycle. A lot of times with people, um, so so yeah. So with you know with employers, with with relationships, with friendships, um, until you have that objectivity, you really can't do much without that awareness because you don't even know what you're trying to change. So there's there's that awareness piece. There's also then after that is really kind of, I like to take it your your interpersonal inventory and taking a really hard look at everybody in your life that you have chosen to gravitate towards. Not necessarily family members, but the people you have selected to allow into your life and take inventory of them and look at the resemblance between those patterns and your patterns that were present in your narrative growing up. And what most people find who have toxic relationships is that they kind of model the ones that they had growing up. And it may yeah. not be this like direct, like, oh, there it is. But it, it, you would be amazed at how these patterns kind of come into other relationships and sneak in and they don't even realize. And you see one of the best things about being a psychologist that I it will never get old for me is when you're doing these kind of relationship roadmaps and these na- interpersonal inventories, And you're drawing patterns and, you know, at the end, I have this piece of paper with like nine million arrows and all this scribble. And it's awesome because the person is able to see when they go left, the other person goes right and how that affects the entire equilibrium of, you know, all these people. When they have that moment of, oh, my God, like, (laughs) oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, "Oh, I do oh my God, you know, and they and they kind of like, oh, well, okay, now it makes sense why this person makes me feel this way and this person makes me feel this way and why my, you know, ex-girlfriends were all like this, this, and this because that's what I try to recreate because yep. that's what I'm familiar with. Um, and there's you know, a people, lot
1: of, oh, I'm sorry. You
0: no, know, I was just gonna say, a lot of times people think because a pattern is, is unhealthy that we don't want it. And that's the tricky thing unhealthy patterns that you've had in place for a long time are super familiar and super comfortable. And just because they're unhealthy and toxic doesn't mean that somebody is willing to let go of them because it's all they know.
1: Yeah, and exactly. And that's really hard to have a baseline to know what to do next or like yep. know that that keeps repeating and and to your point. I mean, and by the way, just so just so you know, like this is what I say uh, uh, what I'm about to say next is not an implication of, you know, how I was raised uh, overall, but certainly there were toxic parts of my parents' relationship which were undeniably crazy, scary, and like we we're like, what in the world is going on? You know, and then you, what see-
0: do you mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, like it's just like <laughs> you, there, there's a, you know, sleeping in separate bedrooms at one time and just you know just a kind con- of you, you, you and, and, but then you just what you just said, you go, right. Like, I'm just kind of modeling a lot of the stuff off of those those major interactions that we've kind of dealt with, <laughs> you know, as right. a family. But right. we just kind of skipped over and went, all right, I guess that's, you know, what you do when you that's see what something, you, do. you just grab onto it and you hug it to death and like, well, yep. you chose and that's it. You just do what you have to do, you know, and uh I, 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 and, and a lot of that with, tra- and, and trust me, that bleeds over into business, that bleeds over into every different aspect of your life because you see, mm-hmm. like you said, you see red, you see green, you think it means one thing and, you know, only that thing. And you don't even see the other side of like, no, this mm-hmm. is actually completely logical and normal in here. This is, this is on you this time, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is different also. I just want to make clear this is different what we're talking about, toxic patterns. This is different than, Kind of evolving over time yeah you know people that you know if you think about who you date who you date at sixteen is going to be very different than who you want to date at twenty two thirty forty and so on so it's based on your needs at that point and and what you what what type of relationship will make you the most you know I hate saying happy but like the most comfortable, uh, comfortable. comfortable, but like, but like fulfilled, Fulfilled. you know, and so, right. And so it looks different at every kind of age, wherever you're at in your life. That's not this. When I say like changing patterns, that's not this, those are, that's like what you're looking for in somebody, but you can still have those shifting kind of time periods of, you know, evolving into who you want to be. And have it still all fall under a toxic pattern. Yes. You know, you could just be looking for, you know, somebody who wants a family rather than someone at 16. You could care less if they want a family or not. It's not even something you consider. So you're looking at these things, but it doesn't mean that it's not a toxic pattern. So I just want to make that clear to people that no, that change point. you do isn't necessarily changing patterns. It's changing what you're looking for, which is great. But still can be under that umbrella of toxic
1: yes uh, and uh, and I think that is uh yeah well that's <laughs> yeah, that was that's kind of like part of uh, somebody's uh, com- commenting in here, and I'm so sorry, I am going to the, the thing about Instagram is. The names are so tiny and you guys are all so creative with the screen. I cameras. have my glasses now. So. <laughs> but like this is, this is going to be a major question I think comes up with, with all of this. And I kind of have a silly tie into it. But what, what do we do next to recognize all these toxic patterns coming from someone in the comments? You know, I
0: think we said this would be the number one question. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, is the, that is
1: definitely the number one question. But more or less, I want to I want to make sure that it's that it's we're we're kind of more focused on the awareness part of it because like yeah. fixing a pattern that's just that's just like throwing
0: that's it. a different that's part that's episode two or the second part of this. that's like episode
1: two and two hundred like yeah, there's, right there's, there's, right and and like you said probably very unique to it but I will say this uh, it sounds silly to me already thinking about it but is there like a swim buddy type of aspect of this where like. I don't know, somebody in your life that you can trust and be like, oh, no, no, this is this is toxic or anything to to just make you a little more aware of the situation, even if you know, okay, I know that this person might piss me off, but I need to I need this person to let me know. Is that a good idea? Or if you literally have just like no other outs or anything like that I don't, I don't know what where do you start
0: so i i, I don't want to forget this question yes. somebody said if we want a person that is very possessive i wanted i want to address that because that is so important okay so whoever
1: wow hold on uh marriott right?
0: okay so um as far as a swim buddy i had no I idea what you meant <laughs> that's what i mean
1: i have no idea just to like is there somebody the, well, here, here's here, I'm trying <laughs> to be so, pa-
0: ask, so I'm still happy you clarify
1: <laughs> yeah I am I'm just gonna make it I'm trying to make it nice for everybody like yeah. I always think of that but so <laughs> how does somebody tell you hey this person's an asshole please yeah. be aware of that you're not they doing w- anything they, wrong
0: listen they may never <laughs> they may not for 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 listen we all have those friends who like Maybe not close friends, but we all know of people, let's say, who let's say we know that the husband or the wife is like just a bad I don't want to say bad person, but like a bad marriage partner. Yeah. Like we hear stories, we know all this stuff, we hear all this stuff, we have, you know, and it's not here say people see it, they and everybody knows, right? In those particular situations, you have to ask yourself, okay, you're assuming that this person doesn't know is number one. They know. Yeah. They know uh, in those types of situations. Now, the question is they may know, but then the next question is so you say something to them like she, you know, she's an asshole. He's an asshole. What are you doing? Yeah. Just because they see it, and this is why I want to get into the possessive thing, just because they see it doesn't mean, and just because they know it's toxic, Mm. doesn't mean they have the capability at that particular moment to leave or to get out of it or to even just set the most minimal boundary possible because... Chances are, again, you're up against a narrative that is extremely rigid, that's being reinforced by their spouse, that's being reinforced by their friends right. over a lifetime. So I think, is it important to have a friend that you can say, like, you know, what do you think? What do you, what do you think of her? Or what do you think of him? And, you know, they look and say, like, well, they're an asshole.
1: Quick thumbs up, thumbs down, if it makes it easier. I don't know.
0: (laughs) You know, I mean, they may say, why do you think that? And you can explain it to them, but that doesn't mean they're going to listen. So I think in these situations, you have, as a friend, you have to, if you're going to say something, understand that it's really you just saying it for yourself. Yeah. Because unless they come to you with, I need help, it, you really have to have that awareness and that willingness, willingness. It's, it's like this is acceptance and willingness to start to make uncomfortable changes without that willingness piece. You it's really difficult to just kind of change somebody's mind. Now, does that mean yeah. that you shouldn't be there for them and support them when they say, can you believe they did blah, 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 blah. I mean, I have friends who will say that and patients will say, can you believe my mother on Thanksgiving did X, Y, and Z? Yes. And I'll say, yes, yeah, yes I can. I absolutely 100% can. By the and way, say oh, wait, wait, them. quick, yeah. quick.
1: Well, I, I won't say it. I'll save it for another time. Me- never mind, never mind. <laughs>
0: um, you know, and I'll, I'll say that to them. I'll say, yeah, I, yep, I, yeah, I would have bet my house on it. Like, yep, yeah, I absolutely knew that would happen. And no, I'm not surprised at all. And I'm actually surprised why you're surprised. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, yeah. and we have these conversations. Are you disappointed? That's different. Sure, you can be disappointed, but are you really surprised? You know, so I think that, that until people have that willingness to set a boundary to create that change, cause it's not going to happen without that. It's not going to happen because the other person decides to just make a change because, you yeah. know, it's, it's, you have to make, and, and people think it's unfair because why am I doing all the work? If it, cause that's just how it is. It, 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 that's just how, that's just how it is because the person you have to do the work on usually isn't the one in therapy. So to make that small, tiny change, you you really have to have that willingness to be uncomfortable
1: yes and always
0: <laughs> you know I mean but then again I, you know I have my I always when my you know closest friends will ask me questions about things like this you know I'll say do you do you want me to answer as a friend or do you want me to answer as a psychologist That's what I always say because answering as a friend I have no expectations when I answer as a psychologist it's usually what they don't want to hear yeah. They usually get very kind of guarded and they don't listen anyway. So, and then it just makes things up, you know, but once they have that awareness and they realize and they need help getting out of that toxic relationship, well, then it's a whole different ballgame because then you can put behaviors in place. You can test them out. You can start really small and work towards. Stronger boundaries with people that you're most vulnerable with. Start with the people that you eh, you don't really care if they get mad or they don't. And you're just going to practice setting boundaries on them. So you you kind of expose yourself to that discomfort. Um, I think. Listen, I think it's important to have a supportive friend. I I think I just caution people when they let people know their thoughts on their the other person's relationship status. Just don't don't expect that it's it's going to be put into play, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Oh, that makes complete And I don't
0: sense. mean it to be pessimistic. It's just, it's realistic. I, I, I just, it ends up and it's a rule for therapists too. Yeah. Um, if you feel that you are more motivated, more willing, more, um, uncomfortable than your patient is, you kind of have to take a step back because then you, you, you're kind of doing more, you're doing the work for them in a way you're kind of doing, taking away their ability to sit with the discomfort. So you have to be mindful of that too. I have um, a terrible
1: habit of doing that in real life too, yeah. actually like I that's, yeah. that's, you know, mainly because it's just, I, I, and that's part of the whole fixing nature. That's part of the whole, I don't know. I, 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 I tend to be the friend that says it because I'm, yeah. I'm afraid that I can't, you know, I'll regret not saying something or, or whatever. But that's what I'm saying. It has
0: to be for you to get right. off your chest. It can't be with any intention to try to convince the other person. Yeah. Um, no, you have to say it for, for you. So I want to get to the possessive thing. Cause it's super important with patterns, but somebody yes. just asked, what are the chances for a codependent and narcissistic marriage of 20 years? If you're asking me what the chance is of it ever becoming healthy, zero. Yeah. If you're asking, me, honestly, when you're dealing with a narcissistic personality disorder, they know what they're doing, know they don't care, they will never stop, you are the problem, and not one bit of therapy is going to help them. Uh-uh. So either you figure out how to live in that relationship with zero expectations, or you leave. Those are literally your two options. Um, and I know people are like, what is she talking about? Everyone can change. No, not, narciss- uh-huh. not, not people with narcissistic personality disorder. It is a very separate thing altogether which is for another conversation yes. so um i don't know when when they say the chances but
1: um well and, and just to if, that, if
0: you mean it yeah
1: yeah to tell you that because i think uh, it, well i got a question based off of all of what you said there too uh and to all to, narcissists to, yeah to mariette who is in the chat get out of there I, dr yeah. c can't say this just on all, all, all,
0: all narcissists no not people with narcissistic yeah. features yes Narcissistic personality disorder,
1: which is a big difference.
0: There's a big difference. (laughs) Um, the possessiveness, I want to talk about. Somebody said, What it won't work. The chance I'm just flat flat out making a blanket statement it will not work. They don't care, they know what they're doing. You're an object. It's just that's just and code people that are codependent will have a very hard time accepting that. And and that's the, usually the people that I get in my office are the people with codependency. And that's who I work with to to kind of break that cycle because that is one of the most toxic dynamics to break to break away from. Um, so yeah, the so, possessiveness. Yeah, yeah. God, Sorry. So,
1: oh, no, I was just re-upping. I was just, she was saying yeah. seeking. She was almost just saying it was seeking out. How do we... Stop seeking out the, you know, if that's what you want. Do you want someone that's possessive?
0: The possessiveness. So if you're seeking out somebody and you want somebody who is possessive of you, this is, there's a couple things you kind of want to check yourself about with this first. Um, You are welcome. Um, um, (laughs) (laughs) I hate when people ask me that question because I get so upset because I'm just like, oh, no. (laughs) Like there's no other... Brace my heart. Um, so if you want somebody that's possessive, you run the risk of being in a manipulative, verbally abusive, emotionally abusive relationship because when you say possessive, do you mean somebody who just cares about you because you've never had that before and so caring about you, you can view with possessiveness when there's a middle ground with that? Um, A lot of people that feel that they didn't have stable caregivers, they didn't have this stable feeling, this constant unconditional feeling of being cared for or loved Mm -hmm. may seek out somebody who's possessive because it solidifies that that person's going to be there and on them and care about them. But they misinterpret that possessiveness for care and love. So they tend to go to the other extreme. So what therapy does is help bring them more towards, towards the middle But possessiveness, in the true sense of the word, means you're looking for somebody to control your emotions, which puts you at risk for a narcissist. You're looking for somebody to control your friendships, to control your your mindset, your opinions, your beliefs. It's not just somebody who gets mad when you're out with your girlfriends and you're like, oh, that's so cute. He's so mad that I'm out with my girlfriends. It's never just that. It's going to be so much more than that. Um, so, for possessiveness, I would ask you to kind of define what that really is for you and, yeah. and why. Why you deliberately want somebody to take ownership of, of you.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's, a, uh, that's a fantastic answer. And I'm just thinking of a lot of different people I know who are either in this situation, trying to get out of the situation. Uh, And and that was kind of my question based on on the last one is, you know, you you even had said it earlier. If the job's too important or the kids are too important or just whatever it is, this is locked in for a while. How do you try to manage a toxic relationship? And maybe even more Uh specifically, how are you trying to manage a toxic person that is never going to get out of your life for the foreseeable future? How is that supposed to, Uh you know, keep continuing on and... Be sane at the same time.
0: It's so hard. Um, it, it's just. It's so hard. It is such a difficult situation for people to be in. So if it's a relationship that you can't immediately get out of, and let's assume the other person's not changing. Let yeah. let's assume they 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 have no awareness, or they do, they don't care. Whatever it is, let's just for the sake of arguing say that it's, a to- it's, not, it's, it's not a toxic relationship that if both partners gain awareness and work with each other, they can improve their relationship. This is one where the other person is not going to change, period. It's abusive. It's toxic. It's narcissistic. It's not, it's not going to change. Um, it's going to be a long process. So the biggest thing is get into therapy. But get into, not couples therapy, because and I, and I, might, I want to explain why, but get into <laughs> individual therapy with a psychologist who understands the nuances of a narcissistic, toxic relationship. Because there's going to be a lot of things that you have over the years deemed as normal and you have no way of knowing how abnormal it is and how traumatizing it is because you're in it and you've been in it and it's not until you're out of it that you realize oh my god i you know you have this kind of epiphany but these epiphanies don't happen all at once they happen in these tiny steps over time when you're out of the relationship so you have to prepare the person to have a skill set that even when they're out of the relationship, it doesn't end there because they're going to start to realize not necessarily they're not flashbacks. I don't I don't wanna, but they're there there are these kind of realizations, these these epiphany moments where they're like, Oh oh my God, you know, I, one of my I'll say one of my patients, friends, family members, mm-hmm. um, you know, something had happened and you know, she just kind of looked at me and was like, Oh my God! You know it was come kind of one of those moments of oh, oh my God, this this used to be this this used to make me so anxious to do. I, yeah. I that's not normal, was it? And goes, no, it wasn't normal. But if I had told her it wasn't normal when she was in the thick of it,
1: yeah, they got to discover you know, it on your own, like you said. Yeah,
0: so um, it's a long process. You really have to be in therapy. The reason why I suggest not doing couples therapy with someone with nar- we're talking about narcissism is because. It's if a waste you go into <laughs> that but it also it also can be very traumatizing and invalidating to Ooh, the yes. person who doesn't have narcissism because you can have a therapist who means well mm-hmm. say well it looks like he's really trying why don't you guys give this another chance why don't you go on a date night you, you know and so the, <laughs> the person sitting there going if i go on a date night I'm going to be, you know, yelled at because I blinked at the waiter, and I think they—they they think I'm trying to hit on the waiter. Like, you know, it's just—it's—it's it's just not the right thing to do. So you really sense. want to be careful with that. Um,
1: and and if if that's it, the case, I guess, should, like, and like you're saying, go to the individual. Like, if you can't get that narcissistic person to go to therapy on their own, they won't ever, and they won't, and like couples therapy more than likely is going to lean against you anyway, right?
0: Well, here's the thing. If somebody, I don't do couples therapy, but if somebody came right. in to be a couple, right? It's Cause this has happened where I've had co- these codependent relationships where the person will bring in their significant other, the narcissist, which in these cases were all male. They either would g- get up in the middle and just walk the hell out because I didn't allow them to do what they normally think they're going to be able to do. Yep. Um, You know, or they try so hard, so hard to be um, either extremely charming or bullying, both of which I'm just kind of like, you know, (laughs) let's get, you know, and so they'll either walk out or they'll tell their significant other efforts. I don't want you going back to her. I don't like her. She doesn't know what she's talking about. So. Couples therapy, unless the, ther- unless the narcissist is so able to manipulate the therapist that it's an hour of them just talking about themselves, deliberately intimidating their partner and knowing that their partner is sitting there just crushed, that nobody is listening to them yeah. or or thinks they're lying or overreacting, it's just not a good thing to do couples therapy with narcissists. It just, it just isn't. Um, and then- you know once so once a person is, is starts to have this awareness and they start to set these tiny boundaries you have to throw safety into the mix you have to make sure that you're safe when you set these boundaries that your kids are safe and eventually over time what happens is the more boundaries you start to set you disrupt the status quo when you disrupt a toxic relationship of any kind whether it's with a parent a, a narcissist just Someone who's just controlling, who's not a narcissist, um, somebody who is codependent. When you start to shift your patterns, you throw everybody in your immediate system off balance. Because if I all of a sudden start responding dif- differently to my parent, my parent's going to start responding differently now to their spouse or their right. you know husband or wife, which is then going to impact work, which is that then- so it's this domino effect and because people don't like to feel off kilter, they don't like to feel uncomfortable. That's when things like you're being selfish will come out or you're being different. You know, I don't like who you're becoming that yeah. therapist. I don't know what they're doing to you. Or, you know, um, I like the old you better. Something's wrong with you. Do, you know, do you, do you need therapy? Do you need your meds? You know, they'll start saying things to you to, Try to get you back into your original positioning because that's where everybody just kind of fit in, even though it was horribly toxic. So they'll kind of try to push you back as much as they can, not because they're aware of what you're doing, but because they don't feel comfortable and they don't like what's going on. They They can't control that
1: part of your life anymore, that aspect, that thing, that thought. And it's, yeah, it's uh, like I. I don't think I, I I don't think I ever really met a true narcissist until like a few years ago. (laughs) And now I'm like, Oh, Oh -hmm. wow. I, I had no idea it was going to be this crazy for, you know, into the, for the domino effect point. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, and and good luck trying to, you know, find a place where you can never disrupt a domino, especially like dealing with some of this so volatile and all and on. So, so I guess then, you know, I mean, you're well, you're, here's the thing. Even, okay, even,
0: with like, like take something like if someone who has a drug problem or a drinking problem or yeah. a gambling problem, um, and they get sober, that also disrupts, you know, because they've surrounded themselves with people who have enabled them, Absolutely. who have allowed for, you know, and contributed to it, and you know, even enabled without even realizing they were enabling, like a parent who's just trying to love their child, you know, and doesn't know what to do because they're devastated, um. Even that pattern, which is toxic, which doesn't look toxic, that gets disrupted when somebody gets sober. So now you have somebody who gets sober, and because they've shifted, they throw everyone, all the enablers around them off balance. Mm -hmm. And what ends up becoming really uncomfortable is when those enablers now feel they don't have like this, almost like a sense of purpose, or they don't feel needed or something in a very codependent relationship they, the pushback still is going to happen. And it just, it's, it's, it, it's the same thing every time. It's just, you can pick it up and put it into a different pattern, but it even is when somebody is changing so much for the, for the better. And everyone around them would say, well, I don't want them to be, you know, I don't, I don't want them to keep using drugs, obviously, but what people don't realize is that when that person gets sober, it really changes the dynamic even though people want them to be sober. So it's, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And and because it's just a, because again, the thing is not the problem. It's just whatever's behind that thing that you've been burying it under for, for on and on, you know, and, and it's crazy as he, even we're saying that, like I I envision someone who's very close to me and they're all their family members have the same exact like problem and none of them really recognize it. And yet all of, they don't have none of them have strong relationships because they're all they they're all bypassing that same thing and I and it's yep. it happens so often in our lives that you know it just becomes acceptance and even and and Billy thank you for you know sharing your experience with us and asking questions and I can't imagine someone going through that for twenty mm-hmm. years to just be it's awful it's 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 uh, I mean I hope this isn't too extreme but that's not anything different than being in, in a, a somewhat of a prison for 20 years or somewhat like you just get conditioned to the same routine of like, I can't do this. My boundaries are set here. I'll never, yeah. ha- I'll never have this back. I'll never have that back. You're worried about, I describe
0: know- it as like, a, exactly like you said, like you start, you start dating a toxic person, but they don't seem toxic at first in yeah. any toxic dynamic, narcissist, non-narcissist doesn't matter. Everything is great in the beginning, what happens is, you know, especially with a nar- with a narcissist, I will say, someone with true narcissistic personality disorder, not an asshole, not someone who's selfish, not someone who, you know, is. And again, you can have an abusive partner who's not a narcissist. So there's, you know, when I say narcissist, I mean a very specific diagnosis. Well, they don't use it anymore, but a yeah. very specific category of, of person, people. Um, so it's it's it starts out you know, we talk about love bombing, we can talk about it another time, but very charming, very loving, very nurturing, targets every single one of your vulnerabilities because they, they have you open up so early to make it like you guys have this deep connection. What they're really doing is collecting data. They're collecting data so that later on down the road, they can use those data points against you for whatever reason, to manipulate you, to make you feel worse, to make you feel worthless, whatever the case may be. So they kind of get this this data from you early on, and then things like they'll start to meet your friends because they want to know who's around you. And then things like oh, I don't know if I really like John, you know, or Jay, that Jamie. I'm not, eh, I don't know. I'm not so sure about it. you. Really trust her? Are You sure? Have you guys been friends? Yeah, right. So they start to put this down. Or like, you know, I don't like that your father controls you like that. You know, you need to be your own person. You need to stand up for yourself. So before you know it, you're now slowly being isolated from the people around you that you would have gone to to discuss this toxic relationship, to bounce ideas off of, for them to give you objectivity to your relationship. You've now closed them out. They also may say things like, no, I want to take care of you forever. I want you to <gasps> not lift a finger, right? You, you, I don't want you working. I, yeah. I want you, you know, I'm going to take care of you because you deserve this. Right? So now they have no job. So they have no friends. They have no job. They have no family. And it's these subtle bars over the years, 20 years, 30 years. And before they know it, they're sitting and like looking around, like, how did I, how the hell did this happen? And then they don't know how to get out, um, right. and so it's a very difficult thing in those situations to gain awareness because you have lost sight a long time ago of who you are, what your needs even are, what your interests are. You're just trying to literally get by every day. Oh yeah, you know, and keep the peace, which just reinforces all of that.
1: And and it feels as though. You know, that's another thing that feels like it's never going to improve and, and never get back to is is yourself and like mm-hmm. whether you trust yourself or not. That's a that's mm-hmm. a whoo, God, I you know. And there's there's this
0: is where lot.
1: the swim buddy helps. Oh, no, you need a swim buddy so bad, especially when you're repairing yourself. Yes, like mm-hmm. it's it's you know, and this is. Kind of one of those dangerous things that that, you know, like I always think about too. not necessarily like I would I would say most of my narcissistic relationships end up being or pattern seeking ends up being in business or friendship somehow. Yeah, not not necessarily like in in love life, but Mm -hmm. but just, you know, it's incredible. It's again, I just want to remind everybody a very much incredible feeling to go. Oh, right. These people don't matter. I've been trying Mm -hmm. to please them for how many over the years and just Mm -hmm. like, oh, right. It, and, mm-hmm. and like you've been saying all night, once that first key unlocks, yeah. the other healthy, positive dominoes will start to go in your favor yep. as well. Like you know, And
0: if people fall off along the way because, they, you know, they don't like this new you, then they're not meant to grow with you and they're not healthy for you. And that is OK. Yeah. Um, you know, people are saying, well, how do we get out? How do we get out? Um, one. That's my Instagram or my website because I have workshops on there on this stuff. Oh, fantastic. Um, and that website again is. Dr. Jamie Zuckerman.com. Thank you. <laughs> um, and head to workshops. Um, you know, how to get out again. Like I said, it's based on so many things. Do you have kids? Do you have a job? How long have you been with them? Are you married to them? Are you not married? Is it a colleague? Is it a friend? Is it, What's, you know, but if we're talking about romantic relationships and we're specifically talking about someone who is a narcissist or, you know, um, is just in that category, that manipulative kind of, um, you know, abusive person. Um, once you gain that awareness, then the next thing to do is to start to set really, really tiny, tiny small boundaries that won't necessarily go noticed, but you're doing it for you personally. So it gives you this kind of confidence that. Wait, I set a boundary. That's something that I wanted for myself that no one else can take away from me. I set that boundary and I have total control over that. And then that feeling feels good and then you get it reinforces itself and it gives you the confidence to be able to do the next boundary and the next boundary and the next boundary. When you're dealing with toxic relationships, usually there'll be some sort of conversation about this way before you're in a position where you have to Set these boundaries, or as you set them, arguments happen, and then you talk it out, and then you guys can go to therapy together. With a narcissist, that's not how that's going to go. You setting boundaries is not going to open up for a dialogue on how you can make the relationship better. What's going to happen is the narcissist is going to manipulate, you know, emotionally abuse. That's why I'm saying safety has to come into this too, because, you know, people. Their, their whole existence is trying not to anger the narcissist, which is exactly what they want you to think so that it's a way to control you. So, um, you know, setting very, very, very small boundaries, starting, you know, if you can, with and it's something that you can do safely, start setting up an account on your own that you can yeah. slowly transfer money into, even if it's $5 a week, something like that. And slowly start to do some things for yourself. Like you were saying, um, yeah. you may not be able to, you know, have a job, ju- you know, cause they don't, they won't quote let you, but you can control so much in your world that you may not even realize, yeah. maybe not directly in the relationship, but you always look for the things that you can control. And what I tell people is to set very, very small, small boundaries.
1: And one of those things that like has worked for me is, just letting narcissists almost feel like they have that control and to kind of almost, if you're in this situation, I'm not saying just play games with narcissists just to have fun. uh, But um, do uh, let them feel like they're in control of whatever those conflicts are, even though it, you know, Oh man, it feels like you're, you're giving those same vibes and patterns out that you would normally as a people pleaser. But in the end, your end game is actually behind Whatever yes. that thing yes. is, little, yes. by little, you, yes. little by little, little by little, you'll get yes. to that middle again. Yeah.
0: Yes, and and you know, <laughs> you have to be chest. thirty steps ahead. A lot of it chest. is. It's chess. <laughs> you have to be thirty steps ahead, and if they, you know, let's say that that you want them, um, I don't, I don't, I'm just. It, it, let's say they—they're not—they're not signing divorce papers, right? right? And so you say, okay, and you know you have a date that your attorney said, yeah, I, you need to sign these divorce papers by. And this is for—this is truly for any type of situation where someone is really just not being agreeable or helpful in any situation. You want them to think they're in control, so you—you you have, let's say, you have a deadline of they need to sign this by the fifth. Yeah. If you tell them sign this by the fifth, you're not getting it signed on the fifth. But if you tell them, I want this signed by, the
1: 25th. you know,
0: the 25th, <laughs> they're not going to, but they won't sign it on the 25th. So what you need to do is you need to set a date with them that's way before what you really want. Yep. And if they say, well, I'm not signing this till the 13th. And you're like, oh, cool. Okay.
1: Fine.
0: Right. So you have to really <laughs> kind of
1: it's really going to put me behind, but fine, fine. Yeah, ex- if that's what it's ex- going to take. Fine. Exactly. Play the game so you right let back.
0: them think, yeah. you let them think they're in control. Fine. But at the end, you're getting your needs met. You're in control. And that's just going to continue to reinforce those patterns, reinforce that, that, that confidence level to then be able yeah. to start to shift your patterns. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so a lot of people are saying, what do you do with, you know, how, how do you change these patterns? So that, we'll, you know, we'll talk about in the next one, but just kind of general rule of thumb with this. As I said earlier, we grow up with a narrative that we're told, how to relate to the world, how people look at us, how we look at other people, what we, you know, how we should function in life. We get into adulthood. Either we have awareness that our narrative fits or doesn't fit into yeah. our surroundings, into our world. If it doesn't fit, but we don't have that acknowledgement or awareness, that's when we tend to have these patterns that don't work. Um, and it's very difficult to give up toxic patterns, even though they're toxic, they're familiar, they're comfortable. We know we are masters at them. You know, we, 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 they're ours. We own them. We know what to do. So to give them up is very scary, right? Just like think of a drug or alcohol or smoking Mm -hmm. to give that up. You know, you want to. But man, it's hard, right? And you struggle Absolutely. with it. And sometimes you just, you you can't, right? Or you're scared to, because if you stop drinking, all this stuff's going to come up to the surface for you. And I, you know, I, I don't want to deal with it. I can't, you know, so there's a lot involved in this. So it's not as simple as just understanding it and changing it. It's when you go to change it, you have to keep in mind, stuff's going to come up for you when you do, because those patterns that you have had in place, even though toxic have helped you avoid so much uncomfortable stuff for so long, yeah. like not feeling worthy or not feeling important or not feeling loved or feeling abandoned, that stuff's going to come up as soon as those patterns start to shift, even yes. though it's healthy, but that stuff's going to come up and that's very scary for people, especially who have no support.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and man, does that, it just in maybe this is, I, I feel like that happens a lot more to women than it does to men. And that's just, that's, you know, just in my life experience i've i've but but in the same regard you know and it, it clearly happens cuz my father was one of them it's the it's the flip mm-hmm. of all that stuff you know mm-hmm. like he is one of the ultimate ple- people pleasers and was was not on the the end of the, the good stuff you know like a, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of the time so uh, but but all of that kind of just just realized that what dr z has been saying all night all of this stuff in front of our lives the relationship from you know mom and dad to maybe it was your first friendship to whatever it was the pattern started somewhere and either the thing you're grabbing for when you're getting triggered the booze the 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 you know the i don't know what it, whatever it is the pills the the food the it, on and on and on mm-hmm. that's it's not anything but that that thing that keeps calling you back to like you need to figure this out it might be 5 years ago 20 who knows when the pattern started but it's just important to know that you have it and yes how do we change those things man that's uh that's like bringing a shovel to a salt mine and saying we'll get to work it is <laughs> and especially like,
0: when it's a pattern like let's let's, let's say self sufficiency right like let's say you're brought up in an environment where you're left to your own devices you really need to raise yourself no one's really there you're neglected you, you know you're you're not heard you're kind of yeah. invisible and you have to learn to take care of yourself. You develop a tremendous amount of resiliency, right, over your lifetime. And you don't need anybody else, right, to help you. So that sounds great, right? Like yeah. that's that sounds good. That sounds healthy. But here's the thing. Let's say then you kind of take stock of your relationships and you're like, this person didn't call me on my birthday, right? Or this person never asked me for plans anymore. Or how come everyone's going to dinner and they're not asking me? Or You know, why, you know, why won't this person offer to help me with blah, blah, blah when I help them with this? And it's because that resiliency, right, or that ability to take care of yourself and be super um, self-sufficient, that was a survival skill you needed. Like all these patterns that developed, they they developed because they were necessary to get through whatever it was you're getting through, right? They were survival strategies. It was very smart thinking on part of a child to be able to come up with this stuff, So whatever pattern came up for you as a kid, it was a survival. When I say survival, I don't mean like it's like abusive and, you know, life or death. I just mean literally how for you to navigate, right, your environment. So kids develop these patterns. They work for them then. The reason why patterns start to become toxic is because, again, the narrative shifts. Those patterns they're not necessary anymore because you're not in an environment where you have to be fully self-sufficient. You have people that would be willing to take care of you and help you. The problem becomes when you don't associate or gravitate towards them, because you're in that pattern and giving off this, this, these behaviors of so self-sufficient that people don't think to offer help because why would they?
1: Exactly. And by the way, sometimes, 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 you might be seeing that same pattern in somebody you really like and think Correct. that that's like, oh, they're going to be that yep. person. And then it's yes. just like, oh, nope, that's just in everybody or females, mm-hmm. males, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And the message mm-hmm. gets confused. And then yep. that's what steers you away from like, oh, no, they told me to stay away from old red flag Ricky over here. and <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he's like, well, I'll, I'll go. Let's go. Come on. This would have been great for you. <laughs> this would have been great. For- yeah, well, he's a new character. I just created <laughs> Isn't he great, Red Flag I Ricky? I think
0: we have a mascot. Yes,
1: yeah. It's a, and, can, and 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 before before anything else happens, can we all can we all give a little congratulations to Doctor Z? She pitched pitched a perfect game tonight, and I think we went over an hour. So, like, congratulations! We're getting the hang of this technology thing pretty great. Thank you. One of these days, we're going to be ready for the big show. We're going to turn all the monitors and things on, and and you'll know the first five, six episodes, you're here grinding (laughs) with us trying to figure all this stuff out. It's not over yet. uh, What I want to say is, uh, uh, again, um, make sure if you've got great fathers to go hug them and kiss them and love them because I know that this whole fatherhood for me, I'm going to just absolutely destroy my daughter's cheeks at every moment. And everybody keeps telling me it's going to go quick. So I'm like, totally it's as locked in as I possibly can be all my free time. And that is a part of all of this too. Like men turn the fucking key off. I know we're not Mm -hmm. allowed to enjoy the moment because we have to go back to work or we got to do this. And like our situation, we might not even have time to hang out with our children. But man, if we're not doing that and pushing for more of that as a society, like, geez, I, I lose my mind every time. Like I'm not around my daughter and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, it's been, um, and, and, and I wouldn't be able to deal with any of this honestly, without someone like Dr. Z to talk to every Aww. Sunday night to see her content that you can see on Instagram and all the other places. And, and also too, if you love this, if Dr. Z is supporting you in any way, cause I know she is with me and the rest of us, please go rate, review, subscribe. To, obviously you're following on instagram you better be better be following <laughs> us on twitter at z with uh z with jb on the twitter.com five star reviews on apple Podcasts. leave reviews questions and please feel free to ask us literally anything if you don't know me by now you're going to get to know me very quickly i don't mind asking any question any response i hope to be as transparent as you've been with us tonight dr z any other uh Final words before we uh, we leave us here, and I can go sweat about the Sixers for the last hour and a half. <laughs>
0: um, no, I no, yeah. If you guys have questions, you know, feel free to post them in the comment section, the reviews, um, and we'll do our best to answer them. If you want to know more stuff about us, yes, go for it. If it's you know not too too personal, I'm sure we'll share. Maybe we will. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm family members. Everybody else, get ready. It's it's yeah. yeah like we're we're gonna be an open book here. If we, so, yeah. This is uh, this is gonna. This has been a great experience so far. It's it's gone a lot better than we imagined. Uh, just yeah. just in the first few episodes here, and Jacqueline, yeah, I, I, I see you in there. I'm gonna remember that question for next week. Because How do you determine
0: there? Uh, uh, I'll answer this in 30 seconds. Oh, great! There you go. I'll, you're not. They're not. Usually, if they come to therapy, it's court mandated or it's for substance <laughs> abuse or if it's for major depression. Wow. So they're never coming in because they're like I'm a narcissist. It may come about in the evaluation, but usually, and this is why there's so much stuff about this, yeah. is that it's usually diagnosed secondhand, which, again, is not ideal, but um, it's, you, you. Uh, I guess I'm saying, if you know the criteria, like, you, you know, it fits a very definitive
1: Jacqueline, criteria. Jacqueline, you, know, you know what I'm going to recommend to you more than anything? Go back right now into Dr. Z's Reels, and she has yeah. got some fantastic or am I dating a narcissist? Basically, like red yeah. flag. Quick tips.
0: And my workshop. I ha, again, I have a workshop exactly on this um, on my website. So so check that out too, because I think that'll help explain it.
1: That's uh, uh, the website again, Doctor Z. Dr.
0: Doctorjamiesackman.com.
1: There it is. So uh, <laughs> uh, I am John Barchard. You can again follow me. Uh, uh Well, here on the gram at John Barchard. Also everywhere else.
0: Aka Red Flag Ricky.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting a red flag Ricky account right now. Yes, we are. We're gonna bring 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 our mascot on board next week. Where I hope to see everyone here uh, along here. It is uh, Doctor Z with JB. I'm John Barchard. Thank you so much, Doctor Z. We'll see you uh, next Sunday. And thanks for subscribing to the podcast, y'all.
0: Have a good night.